guys, you're listening to In The Books. We're a period drama podcast and we're your hosts. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me at Musings on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Rita. I live in England and I'm at Annoying Rita on Instagram and Twitter. And welcome to the sixth and final episode in our series Ah. of podcasts on The Empress, otherwise known as Dikaiserin. This week's episode was, and I loved this title because all of the other ones were like, the shoes, the wedding, the this, the that. And then this week's episode, the God who us has freedom sent. (laughs) And it was pretty epic. It should have just been been called the God if we were going by. I know. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was this was a, an epic episode. So let's uh, get started. Okay, the episode began with a bird cry on a misty morning in Bayern, and you know I had to point out the bird cry. Of course, I screamed. Okay, Elizabeth's father <laughs> emerges from a shooting expedition, clutching a letter from his daughter. In the letter, she tells him he was wrong to claim she wouldn't be able to be herself at court. She's having the time of her life. We then see her partying it on up in Max's room, drinking and giggling with her friends. Her father then writes back, reminding her of the poem she wrote at the start of the season. He tells her that she wanted to find a meaningful path for herself, but she's clearly failed to achieve that if her partying is anything to go by. Elizabeth climbs up on one of her drunken friend's shoulders and falls to the ground in a massive heap. (laughs) After a dramatic fake out where she makes everyone think she's collapsed, she bursts into hysterical drunk giggles. Now, if that's not one gigantic metaphor for the following episode, then I don't know what is. (laughs) After. After the very pretty credits, Elizabeth does a drunk walk of shame from Max's apartment back to her own. Franz is already finishing breakfast and getting pitying looks from his butler when Elizabeth stumbles into the room giggling, just bumping into household objects. Uh, (laughs) Franz hands her a letter from her father, but Elizabeth isn't very interested in reading it. He then asks her if she enjoyed herself last night, and she lies about being with the girls. <laughs> he tells her that he knows she's been unhappy since the foundry incident, so he has a surprise for her. Meanwhile, Max has another secret meeting with one of the cabinet ministers, who informs him that Franz's deployment of troops seems to have intimidated the Russian Tsar. There are rumors they will soon retreat. And if that happens, then they will lose their timing with the coup. He urges Max to finally secure Sophie's backing. Their men will be there in a half an hour to apprehend Franz. Max looks a bit worried, but agrees to go ahead. Outside the palace, Franz is showing Elizabeth his surprise. It's a horse. Honestly, the perfect gift for her. As Elizabeth approaches her new horse, which is freaking beautiful, uh, Franz cracks a truly awful dad joke that makes her giggle despite herself. It cracks the ice and he tells her that he wants to see her tonight so they can finally spend some alone time together. (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth pulls him in for a hug. Bask in this moment, guys, because it's 
all downhill from here, seriously. As she is petting her new horsey companion, her lady's maid, Amalia, approaches her and tells her there is something incredibly suspicious about that Countess Apafi. Elizabeth is beyond annoyed that Amalia is trying to slander her new bestie and cuts her off mid-sentence, telling her she will not tolerate any further. Mm. Huh. Decisions were made. Um, yes. Meanwhile, Ava slash fake Leontine meets up with her revolutionary boyfriend Egon in the palace gardens to tell him she's buried a knife in the East Wing Gardens and that he's to use it to kill Franz after sunset tonight. He asks her why she doesn't handle it herself, but Ava insists she's not a killer. Mm. <laughs> Note that Egon is dubious about her commitment to sparkle motion. I mean, the revolution. So she tells him that while she's had doubts in the past, she knows now that they all have to die. Egon asks her if she means the Empress too, and the teary-eyed Ava agrees. Yes, her too. Egon then agrees to take care of her, and with one last hug goodbye, they both go on their ways. And by the way, I instantly knew what Ava had done. It was so obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Might be the Slytherin in me. Uh, Franz enters his study to find Alexander von Bach waiting for him. Von Bach shows him all the people amassing outside the gates. Franz's response is to shut the curtains and ignore the problem. Classic <laughs> avoidance technique. La 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 la. <laughs> what people? Um, <laughs> Franz tells Von Back that this is a matter for the palace guards, aka shut up. <laughs> anyway, his former pal is there to ask about how things went with the polar bear chick, and Franz tells him that the countess's good word comes with strings attached, and when Von Back urges him to consider it anyway, Franz is like, please leave me the fuck alone. So no pimping today, thank you very much. Well, he's saving himself for his missus. Anyway, Franz then goes to the window to watch as the people continue to amass. Sophie enters and tells him they need to do something about Elizabeth. The incident at the foundry was one thing, but now the court tongues are wagging about her partying with Max all night. She says, you married a spoiled child and that weakens you as emperor. You need to command some respect. Franz is annoyed, but she tells him that something has to change and if he doesn't do it, she will. Elizabeth tries to ride her new horse around the palace gardens, but it seems like every path she takes has a guard stationed in it, forbidding her from going further on the orders of the Archduchess. Elizabeth grows more and more distressed until she is hemmed into a corner looking for an escape. That's when a footman. (laughs) That's when a footman arrives with a message that Sophie has asked to speak with her. Elizabeth finds Sophie in the palace ornate chapel. Sophie asks her what she thinks the most important virtue in a ruler is. Elizabeth says it's empathy, although she assumes Sophie doesn't agree with her. Sophie responds by telling her about her daughter Anna's epilepsy. Her attack started when she was three and got more and more severe. The doctor's treatment for her was to shave off all her hair and drain her blood by putting leeches on her head. little Anna grew more and more distressed, and she screamed so much that Sophie stopped the treatment and sent away the doctors. Four days later, her daughter was dead. 
that taught her you have to cut the sickness right out, even if it hurts. Elizabeth asks her what she needs to cut out, but she surely knows the answer to that question, as we all do. <laughs> Sophie explains that Franz needs a wife to support him as an empress and to wear the crown with zeal, and that's not Elizabeth. So she has two options. She can go back to Bayern and annul the marriage, or she can stay and abide by their rules, which now entails being locked up in the north wing of the palace with the matron. No horse riding, no all-night ragers, and no ladies for company. Elizabeth is like, Franz would never agree to this. So Sophie lies and says he already has. She asks Elizabeth to take time to consider this. In the distance, a bell tolls. Ooh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sophie enters her room and finds Matron and Marguerite waiting for her. She announces to Matron that she has failed to deal with Elizabeth. And as such, she is being demoted. Should the Empress decide to stay then her one responsibility will be to stay by her side like a guard dog. Marguerite will replace her role in court. And if the Empress should decide to return to Bayern, <laughs> Matron will accompany her. Matron's horrified at the suggestion and literally whimpers, Don't send me to Bayern! <laughs> she then prostrates herself before Sophie in a pathetic sight and Sophie tells her to leave. Yeah. As she does, Max enters the room. <laughs> Sophie makes him fetch her some water for the headache that she's starting to get from dealing with all this bullshit. And as, as he is mid-pool, she asks him what game he's playing. Because mothers always know when you're up to some fuckery. Yes. Sophie asks him to cut to the chase, so he does. He argues that Napoleon and Queen Victoria laugh at them, and the Prussians are at their heels. They need to preserve their power and empire, and he just happens to be the most popular member of the family with the population. Sophie scoffs, popularity is overrated. Max persists and tells her he has the support. Sophie stops him. Support for what exactly? <laughs> Committing high treason to get himself hanged, maybe? maybe. <laughs> Elizabeth tries to see Franz, but is stopped at the door by Theo. Franz is not busy, but he is channeling his anxious energy into practicing his swordsmanship, not a euphemism, and so doesn't talk to Elizabeth. Instead, Elizabeth heads for her room where she begins to feel faint. Who should find her at this literal moment of weakness? Max, of course. Of course. <sighs> she tells him his mother is trying to get rid of her, and he then explains that a change is coming, and no matter what, he wants her by his side. Big! Giant red flags flying all over the place, Claire Elizabeth. Uh, but to be fair, she is still looking faint and confused, like she can't follow the conversation. But then he tells her that he and her were always meant to be together, and they grab onto each other's faces, and she leans in, and they kiss. <laughs> Don't love it. Don't love it. <laughs> I know. When Elizabeth realizes what she's done which is kiss her brother-in-law. So gross. She pushes him away and yells at him to get out. I suppose one cousin is as good as the other. Uh, yeah, yeah. Max then makes his way to Franz's study and announces 
that he has lost control, that Franz has lost control. Franz asks him if he wants to rule and then laughs at him. He tells Max that he has no idea what ruling is like. To bear the weight alone, forever, and not set it down, Franz then hysterically screams, This is my birthright! (laughs) Which is, like, okay. Okay, my man. Yeah. Max looks increasingly upset and scared, but still soldiers on with his speech about how the army and church are behind him, and oh, and also Franz's wife. Yes, Max lies and tells Franz that Elizabeth has thrown her support behind him and then implies he slept with her. Franz punches him in the face so hard, Max looks like he almost falls over. I mean, loved it. That was loved it. that was a punch. I did an air punch. I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. in his face." Yes. Okay. Then Max accuses Franz of stealing Elizabeth away from him. And Franz is like, enough of this shit. Get out of here before I have you hanged. Which is fair. That's fair. Absolutely. Yeah. Ava slash fake Leontine finds Elizabeth sulking on her bed and asks her if she's eaten anything. Elizabeth remarks that she hasn't been able to keep anything down for days, which instantly sets off fake Leontine's spidey senses. She checks the calendar and realizes Elizabeth's missed her period. To be certain, she examines her breasts. Um, and they're firm. And fake Leontine pronounces she is certain that Elizabeth is pregnant. Elizabeth is emotional, but pleased. Meanwhile, Amalia locates members of the Apathy family living in Vienna and asks them for all correspondence or photos of the real Leontine. She receives a series of photos in return. When she looks through them, she recognises Ava slash fake Leontine is in one of them as a nursemaid to the family and gasps. She immediately seeks out Matron, but learns that she has been demoted. So instead, she decides she needs to speak to Archduchess Sophie in person and tries to hide her photos from the other ladies in waiting. Elizabeth hurries back to Franz's study to share the news of the pregnancy. But he's busy giving orders to try and control the whole Max situation, and when he sees her, he is livid. He accuses her of scheming behind his back and tells her she is never to see his brother again. I'm on board with that personally. Yes, Let's yes, have no more definitely. Of that. Elizabeth tells him that nothing is going on and that she only loves him. Franz crumples and reaches out for her hand, and just when you think they might reconcile, Franz pulls out the truly heartbreaking line, Why then is that not enough? Elizabeth assumes that it's because his mother wants her gone, and she tells him about what happened earlier. She asks if he knew about it, and he says he didn't, but he agrees with Sophie that things can't go on like this anymore. Elizabeth feels stifled by life at court, and he can't have an empress that creeps about in the dark and puts herself in danger constantly. Elizabeth complains that if he wanted someone content to be locked up, he should have married Elena. Franz agrees, which visibly crushes her. (laughs) She tells him she is leaving for Bayern then. Better a madwoman of Poshofen than one more day here as empress, which is so dramatic. Yeah. Preach it, sister. (laughs) Sophie and von Bach meet with the head of the gendarmerie, and he explains there are over 300 people amassing at the main gate alone and more around the palace. Franz saunters in and says he wants 100 armed guards at the gate. Von Bach is horrified 
and points out that they are mostly poor and unarmed. Franz ignores him and tells Kemper that if anyone so much as twitches, he has orders to shoot. Fair to say, he is not handling the breakup very well then. He then announces Elizabeth's decision to his mother. Sophie tells him that it was a beautiful dream, but everyone has to wake up in the end, which leaves Franz looking low-key haunted and regretful. Elizabeth packs to leave. She tells fake Leontine to save one of her dresses for little Ludwig and then offers her a huge diamond necklace. Fake Leontine is more concerned that Elizabeth didn't tell Franz about the baby. Elizabeth pulls out the corn doll she found on the first day at court. Fake Leontine grabs it and lights it, telling her that it's not about her. The people burn these dolls as a cry for help. If you want to help, then you must stay. It's now nighttime and Egon is wandering out in the gardens, dressed as a f- in a footman's garb. He digs up the knife and makes his way towards the palace. Meanwhile, we see his girlfriend Ava approach Theo outside Franz's office. He asks what he can do for her. Mm. Elsewhere, Max is told by a cabinet minister that the Russian army has retreated. Franz's plan was a success. Yes. Max is fucked. Yes. But instead of admitting his defeat and that his time to move has passed, he decides to act immediately while everyone else remains ignorant of Franz's win. He barges into his mother's room. Sophie's lounging around while little Ludwig is playing with her various earrings. She blithely explains to her youngest son that Max wants to be emperor now. (laughs) But after spending her life in the shadow of weak men, she knows that he's not fit. None of her sons are. She goes full Disney villain and declares she won't let any of them destroy what she's built. Ludwig and Max look crushed as she sashays out of the room. Yeah. Elizabeth leaves the palace in her most glamorous puffy dress yet. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the dress you choose to leave in. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Sophie comes to bid her adieu and patronizingly tells her it's important to recognize one's own fatalities in life, Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth gives her a knowing smirk and leaves for her carriage. Upstairs, Theo hands a distraught-looking Franz the horsehair bracelet Elizabeth gave him in episode one as a not-too-subtle suggestion to not let his wife go. Outside, Egon is caught sneaking into the building by, like, a dozen armed guards. He realises he's been set up and starts laughing to himself. He shouts out revolution as they begin firing into him. In her room, a heartbroken Ava hears the gunshots and begins to sob. Franz also hears the shots and looks outside in confusion. Like, no one told him? Like, <laughs> there's a whole ass assassination attempt. Like, maybe, maybe tell him. Uh, Elizabeth is crying in her carriage and holding the burnt husk of the corn doll as she appor- approaches the palace gates. The head of the gendarmerie stops the carriage and tells Elizabeth to turn around. It's much too dangerous for anyone to leave while there are hundreds of people at the gate. Elizabeth loses her shit and screams at him, so he finally bows to her authority. As she heads back into the coach, she hears a baby cry from the crowd and stops. Inside, Ava is lying stricken on the floor of her chamber, 
when the revolutionary-minded maid that she's been talking to all season enters. She tells Ava she knows she betrayed Egon and that if she ever goes back to Vienna, she will be killed, which leaves Ava fucked, really, because she's also in danger of being discovered by Amalia any minute now. Fellow lady-in-waiting Charlotte then enters the room and tells her Amalia has pictures of her, which obviously freaks Ava out. She goes looking for Amalia and finds her holding the blood-soaked dress Leontine was wearing when she was killed. Ava starts chasing her around the palace, and eventually (laughs) she corners her in the grand staircase. Amalia accuses her of assuming Leontine's identity and threatening to destroy the whole court. She also calls Ava vile scum, which leads to her getting pushed off a very high balcony. Whoopsies! (laughs) Looks like uh, Ava is a murderer after all now, isn't she? Unfortunately for Ava, the whole encounter was seen by fellow lady-in-waiting Charlotte. Another whoopsie. A whoopsie whoopsie times two. A whoopsie (laughs) daisy, yes. Meanwhile, Franz has made it outside and runs towards the gates when he sees Elizabeth slowly making her way into the crowd of torch-wielding peasants. And the word (laughs) slowly is emphasised here. Very slowly. Instead of reacting with violence, they all move out of her way and start taking off their hats as a show of respect. She tells them she sees them and then drops into a deep curtsy. Back in the palace, Theo enters Max's room with some soldiers and asks his Imperial Highness to follow (laughs) him. (laughs) Thank God. Yeah. Uh, We then cut to Ludwig's room. He's wearing the dress Elizabeth set aside for him. We then cut to Sophie. One of her footmen enters and tells her that Elizabeth has informed the crowd that she's with a child. Sophie looks shocked and then tells him, this is wonderful news, in the tone of a woman who just found out her favourite pet has died. (laughs) Back outside, Elizabeth is breaking one of the cardinal rules and has started to shake the hands of these dirty peasants. Franz asks the guards to unlock the gates and so he can follow her. We then get an extreme close-up of Elizabeth's enlightened face as the show fades to black. The end. And then I was like, that's it? You You can't can't just leave us here? No! What kind of an ending was that? I screamed. uh, Can you imagine if we hadn't got season two? That would have been the end. I would have like... Oh, hell to pay. (sighs) Heads would have rolled. (laughs) Yeah, there would be hell to pay. So what did you think of the uh, the episode, your overall opinion? I was screaming for more, which I think <laughs> is a good sign Yes, in general. Yes. Um, I'm really impressed with this season overall. Um, mm-hmm. I want to reiterate how good the writing is, especially. I felt like everything that was set up in the first few episodes of the season has paid off perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still managed to set up all these new dynamics and conflicts for season two um so i thought it was a really good finale um i think Mm -hmm. more than anything um we got like the birth of the sissy myth and Mm -hmm. we've been talking about it since the first episode of like how this narrative got started um and then we got the the main three characters of elizabeth franz and sophie they all have certain archetypes Mm -hmm. in the 
imagination of uh, the public. And mm-hmm. I think we're watching how these complicated people came to become cliches in mm-hmm. like the imagination of the people. Mm-hmm. There's a sense in that last shot that the public persona of Sissy was being born because it was like she was becoming something larger than life, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, Makes total what sense. What did you think? Um, I thought it was brilliant. Um, I I looked at the running time of it before I got started, and I was like, an hour. Ooh. How are they going to do this in an hour? And did. <laughs> they did, man. They they put more stuff into an episode than I thought was possible. Um in a one hour uh, time frame, I th- I thought the storytelling was beautiful. Um, I <laughs> the scenes that really got me. I think the one of them is the one that uh, you had posted something in Instagram today <laughs> about Sophie's line <laughs> uh, regarding weak men. Um, <laughs> And uh, like I said, I when I saw that scene, I immediately was like, damn, <laughs> damn, Sophie, you just basically cut him off at the kneecaps. Uh-huh. Um, and again, the song Unbelievable just oh, pounding in my head. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was that was amazing. Um the takedown of Max, I think, um, I think we all know was uh, long in coming um, and mm. desperately needed. Um, you know, my 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 main concern is that there has been a little um, seed of doubt planted in uh, Franz's head about whether or not Elizabeth has slept with Max. Um, so, you know, with her announcing that she's pregnant, is mm. that little tiny uh mention going to wind up uh blowing up into something really ugly um in season 2? You know, we'll we'll have to wait to find out, but yeah, it this was this was uh a, as the kids say, a banger. <laughs> I mean, so much happened. We need to talk about, I was like, we need to talk about storylines, but I think we could break down because each character had their own thing going on. Mm -hmm. It's so complicated. First off, obviously, Elizabeth. I mean, she started off in such a messy place. Yes. Stumbling around drunk. It reminded me a lot of her father in the first few episodes. Oh my God. Yes. And I was like, hating it. But then I was like, she's just mimicking learned behavior in Mm -hmm. a sense but it was just so uncomfortable to watch i felt so bad for franz when he's just Mm -hmm. sitting there eating his breakfast and she like walks into the door drunk and then then everyone and and then tries to like play it off you know like you know she it's like dude you've you've already collided with the door ain't nothing you can do now to make them think that oh it was a mere accident and you're not just drunk off your ass 
I just, it's embarrassing though. Like, you're supposed to be an empress. You're looking like a fool in front of the servants. You Mm -hmm. know, I always, like, that's my pet peeve. It's like, don't be acting messy in front of servants. It's embarrassing (laughs) to the servants. (laughs) Yeah. I I just, I think, like, over the course of the episode, like, Franz was trying to make it work. And then midway through, he was just like, there is nothing I can do to salvage this relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You can't make someone happy Mm-mm. if they don't want to be. Like, she has to find her own way as the empress, and he can't make her happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been saying that since episode one. Yeah. Like, we've said, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've been saying, like, they might love each other. <sighs> they have just, like, I think there's just too many fundamental differences here mm-hmm. to make it work. Yeah. So while that scene was, like, brutal for them, I actually appreciated that they were finally talking about that. Like, Mm -hmm. with six episodes in, you Mm -hmm. should maybe talk about that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about her decision to leave the court? Um, I think, I honestly don't think that she had any other choice. Mm -hmm. Um, The the alternatives that she was given were... uh, (laughs) intolerable um you know and i think that she she made the absolute right decision for her our bird locked in a cage um you know and seeing her riding around trying to find a way out of the palace grounds was just heartbreaking um and i think Obviously, that set up, you know, her mindset for what the what her choices were going to be. You know, it's like, okay, you're going to be stuck in this place without any of the freedoms that you're so very used to. Um, You're going to have to obey and comply with this lunatic archduchess who is bound and determined to make sure things are run a certain way and you know you're you're basically going to be a puppet the thing i struggle with though is that she's like oh i feel stifled i have no freedom but she spent all night like getting drunk and partying so Mm -hmm. it's like this contradiction of like yeah she's she's had freedom in that life mm -hmm. and she sort of squandered it and made really terrible decisions mm-hmm. to the point where people are now trying to like stifle her even more yeah um yeah so it's like this contradiction of like she sort of created this problem for herself mm-hmm. and other people are just heightening it um, yeah and i definitely was like she's making the right decision she needs to leave like mm-hmm. this is like a fundamental problem that you yeah. cannot you can't give her a horse and suddenly she's happy again, friends. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, but then she made the, makes the decision to stay, essentially. And I'm <sighs> like, okay, it's altruistic in the sense that it's for, she wants to help the people and, do, like, she's, like, finding a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think the episode was about that for her. I think like it starts off with her father saying like you wanted to find a purpose and i mm-hmm. think she's finding it at the end yeah i just think it's interesting that she's not really doing this of her own volition it's like it's done out of spite which is <laughs> fun um, uh... and she's sort of 
curating this sissy persona mm-hmm. as a direct contrast to her mother-in-law um and i wonder if like that's gonna end up being its own kind of cage as well because it's not it's not done out of anything other than spite and animosity mm-hmm. it's not like it's actually something that she wanted for herself mm. that she chose for herself it's like sophie is inadvertently manipulating people yeah. um she's unintentionally sort of formed elizabeth mm-hmm. as like an entity in history yeah i mean sophie's power is far reaching and yeah. unexpected far reaching and terrifying i mean you know it uh, it makes you wonder about you know the the people that she has encountered during mm. her um time as uh archduchess um right? yeah i think yo loki i think sophie might be more interesting than any of the other characters because mm-hmm. the way she wields her power is terrifying and mm-hmm. sort of fun to watch <laughs> like, i'm telling you the way you. she smacked down max was amazing oh my god yeah i mean i'm telling you she reminds me more and more about um or reminds, reminds me more and more of um uh you know what's her face lannister in game oh, of thrones cersei. Yeah, yes, Cersei. I mean, you know, Cersei's power was mind-boggling, and this person could this person could keep up with her. Oh yeah, no problem. And God. she wouldn't have to fuck her twin brother to no, get the power. No, oh. ew. Um, do you think Elizabeth will have more of a political role in season two? Because so far she's sort of stayed out of it, and then I felt like with the last scene she was Mm -hmm. like i'm here bitch yeah uh i really do i think that you know she is going to be uh finding her own power and discovering ways to wield it um you know against sophie um you know against basically anyone that she encounters um you know i think that um i think that she really doesn't have a choice but to become more political especially mm. you know with her going out there and running around with the masses and stuff like that you know uh i need to i need to do some more um research or background around uh, the C- the sissy character um oh yeah and you and need to watch persona the movie. yeah yeah so um, I think that's definitely going to be one of the things that I do uh, while we're on um, break for the holidays. Long, long hiatus. Yes. Oh. Actually, it's the perfect time to watch Sissy, considering that it's like the Christmas movie. Oh. So, well, see, there you go. Um, One thing I kept thinking about, like, is like the shot of Elizabeth at the end. I was like, this, she, this is a bit like... She has a bit of a savior complex, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way she, she was like touching people as if she was like a religious icon. Yes. You I know. think um I think like the way the show is so smart, I think it would have been very easy f- to portray that as some like unambiguous force for good mm-hmm. of like she's here to save everyone, guys. She sees them. But I think the way they shot the light on her face and her expression Uh it was sort of like this double-edged sort of thing where these 
yeah, these people are starving and disenfranchised. Um, and she's just saying, I see you. And like, yes. how is that actually going to help them at the end of the day? <laughs> you know, she sees herself as like saving the Habsburg Empire um, by promoting herself as like a caring overlord. I mean, yeah. if you're actually opposed to their suffering, then you would be opposed to the Habsburg Empire. Like, it's like, she's just like a different flavor of royalty. Mm-hmm. And the people don't need that. They need democracy, quite frankly. Yeah. They, like, sh- touching some peasants isn't going to do much good at the end of the day. No, not quite. Um, oh, so uh, this is a three-movie series, huh? Mm-hmm. All righty. Yeah. Don't, don't watch the one that is just one. They did, like, an edited version where they stuck the three movies together. Do not watch that. Oh. Do not watch it. How am I going to know which one it is? The runtime? If it's... <laughs> probably. Okay. I'm so happy you can see it because I've been trying to rewatch it and they just don't sell it here. Well, yeah. I um, I I will let you know. I'll take a look and, and let you know which ones are offered or, and available. And uh, then we can go from there. I think... Um, one of them is distributed by Netflix, but it's not on their channel for some reason. But anyway, uh, I have my homework. Next up, Franz. Oh my god! Oh, what a day for Franz. Franz is having having a uh, a really really bad day. Um, <laughs> that should be the name of this episode. Franz is really really, really bad day. Really bad day. <laughs> um, you know, and it's a day where you know honestly he should be like rejoicing uh, because, you know, his strategy has worked and, you know, the, yeah. the czar is being intimidated just like he said he would be. Um, and, you know, uh, so it should be a day of rejoicing, but sure as hell gets off on the wrong foot. <laughs> eating breakfast so all by yourself while gets your worse. wife is, <laughs> while your wife is out. Kissing your brother, literally. <sighs> and the moments, the sweet moments when the two of them are together and you could see, you could see the, the love that they have for one another. It just made me, you know, want to say, okay, all y'all just back up, back up. <laughs> Leave them alone. Leave them alone. <laughs> they need some time together, but no. <laughs> No, you got Max Max and his conniving ass. Sophie yeah. and her uh also conniving. Way ass. too uh powerful behind. Um, you know, the only the only sweet one in the room is Ludwig and oh, Ludwig. Ludwig is <laughs> powerless such, to help him. <laughs> yeah, such a sweet lad. I felt like the whole episode he was on the verge of a nervous breakdown, uh-huh. which is like where he was like Closing all of the windows and then like practicing his little swordsmanship because that's what he does when he's anxious. He's like, yeah. Ah. yeah, he has all this nervous energy. Like he can tell something terrible is about to happen, but he doesn't know. What he doesn't to quite do. know <laughs> what it is, and um, and you know, it's like everybody's keeping all of this shit from him. Um, mm. you know, like the pregnancy, um, the fact that you know what he's been doing okay. is having an effect, um. You know, all of those things. I think, like, 
there's definitely a cliche of him being like the pushed around mummy's boy thing but Mm -hmm. the show's doing such a good job of showing you like what the reality of that situation would have felt like Mm -hmm. and the nuance that's often missing and like yeah there's the potential war with russia the coup, mm-hmm. back trying to pimp him out. Don't forget that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's also trying to deal with Elizabeth's completely, <laughs> like Elizabeth's having her own meltdown and he <laughs> feels responsible for her. Uh-huh. And like, I, have a lo- I have a lot of sympathy for the amount of pressure he's under, yeah. especially on the back of realising he had PTSD last week. I just think like it's just too much for him to handle. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just like a very normal sort of crumbling of everything that he's tried to establish so he's just like i will listen to my mother then (laughs) um and it's it's ironic because he's a better emperor when he doesn't listen to his mother as evidenced by that win at the border yes he has really good instincts and Mm -hmm. you know it's funny when they were having that conversation in the chapel and elizabeth says that the best quality in a leader is empathy. I was like, that's exactly what Franz has as a person. Like mm-hmm. he is very good at empathizing with people's struggles. He's not very good at showing it sometimes, admittedly, because yeah. he's scared. And Elizabeth does say, like, oh, you're frightened. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got stabbed in the neck, Elizabeth. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. Fair enough. Big old freaking um, knife in his neck. Like, the fact that he's even following her out into that crowd is such a moment for him as well. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if he just follows her lead, he could, like, truly kill it as yeah. emperor. Um, But it remains to be seen why he was following her. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just going to be like, bitch, you're pregnant? Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> you better get back here, girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think you're trying to do? I love his acting. Um, He did some amazing work uh, in this episode. And we have have no idea when season two is going to come out, do we? Um, I see on Instagram that the writers are currently working. They Mm -hmm. keep posting photos from the writers' room and I see little little post-it notes written in German and I'm like, damn it, why did I learn French? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. They're they're definitely working, so let's just, like, hope they start filming soon. Yeah, and, you know, it's like, given how successful this first season was, there's a part of me that says, that, that wants to say, okay, we're, we're really desperate to know what comes next, but please, don't rush. Don't rush. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. do what you need to in order to, you know, kick this one, you know, as clear out of the park as you possibly can. But uh, don't take too long because... <laughs> Injected into my veins. We're, I need we're, it. We're desperate. We're desperate. <laughs> yes. I mean, we're going we're gonna to have another busy year because there's season three Sanderton mm-hmm. and then the Queen's mm-hmm. the Queen Charlotte spinoff is in May and then like the Bridgerton season three. Like, oh, my oh God. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> maybe take your time yes <laughs> exactly let us let us uh uh get some recovery time from from all of this drama <laughs> drama Speaking drama. of drama the queen of drama um sophie i <sighs> look i have an unabashed 
girl crush on her. I find her absolutely <laughs> fascinating. I mean, last week we spoke about her unraveling. This week she reached the end of her tether and she mm-hmm. was like, I'm gonna grab onto the the reins and I appreciate the show's nuance in handling that because in some aspects, like when she's handling Elizabeth, mm-hmm. her instincts are terrible and she's awful at it. But then when she crushed Max's delusions oh. like a bug, I was cheering her on. Oh, God. <laughs> it's that a double edged sword. That was just genius. Um yeah, I think that um I I want more backstory from her. Uh, uh you know, like her backstory. Um, you know, and to it would be great to see how she came into being the the powerhouse that she is. Isn't it interesting that the Austrian public has really gravitated towards the sissy character when I think maybe Sophie might be more interesting? <laughs> <laughs> She's got a lot more going on there. Yeah. But Sophie uh Sophie doesn't give a rat's ass about the people. <laughs> She doesn't. I mean, yeah, she doesn't. And that's, um, I don't blame her technically, considering <laughs> how much, like, it, how often the people have tried to kill her and her family. Yeah. I would probably end up being the same question mark. <laughs> like I said, like, I can't remember what episode it was, but the circle of violence thing where it's like, the violence has gone on so long that she started, um, she started to like, not see the people as people and mm-hmm. they've stopped seeing her as people so it's just like yeah. a vicious you can't blame the people for hating her and you can't hate her for hating the people it's just like uh, mm-hmm. it's a mess and that's why you shouldn't have <laughs> empires basically <laughs> yeah yeah but that scene where she calls all three of her sons unfit to govern mm-hmm. uh brutal <laughs> yeah awful I did giggle a bit at how mean she was being uh, <laughs> right in front of their faces. But I was struck like she's basically molded them to be completely useless politically yes. because without her, they have absolutely no agency. Mm-mm. And she's done that so she can retain power and control over them. Mm-hmm. And she's now blaming them for not being as strong as her and it's like well you did that it's ridiculous well who do you think helped them get this way missy it certainly wasn't the father that you uh (laughs) basically (laughs) locked up in a tower Mm -hmm. up in the woods yeah um it's like a classic (laughs) toxic parent dynamic isn't it (laughs) yes yes it is oh my god she is just such a freaking piece of work and, you know, I'm sure that, you know, Sophie would have been so happy if um, Elizabeth's sister um, had been the one to become empress because she could control her. Oh, for sure. That's why mm-hmm. she was picked. Yeah. Um, but then I also, like, on the other hand, I am kind of sympathetic to the fact that she has all these ambitions and opinions and this is a society that does not allow her to yield power in her own right Mm -hmm. so she has to use her sons as pawns to get anything done Mm -hmm. obviously she's using her power for evil but if she was doing something (laughs) if she was like a really good effective well not empress but you know archduchess Mm -hmm. and she was helping the nation or whatever you'd be like 
oh, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's just that she's abs- she's obviously wielding her power in a way that is really terrible and mm. potentially harming people. Yeah. The woman's toxic, man. She is, but then it's like, how much is this is because she was made toxic by the society she mm-hmm. lives in, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's complicated. And I like that the show has made her multidimensional because I yes. am like, damn it, I see your perspective, even though I do not agree with it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's definitely like, she's, she's very selfish and she, like the way she used and discarded Matron in particular mm-hmm. and like, uh, replaced her with a younger model was just, uh, it, it reminded me like of a man. The, mm-hmm. the, the, things, the things that we don't like about her, I think would be more accepted in a male. Yeah, more masculine, more stereotypically uh, masculine characteristics um, yeah. and would be seen as, being much more acceptable. You know, you can't be uh, strong, uh, opinionated, um, or I should say, it's very difficult to be strong, opinionated, um, brash um, leader if you're a woman, uh, because you wind up having all of those misogynistic statements come back to bite you in the ass. You know, it's like, oh, she's just bitch. You know exactly, and yeah. I think like part of why she's been set up as the villain versus Sissy's um, beautiful princess sunshine rainbow person is because <laughs> she wielded power, and uh, Sissy's uh, power was more soft. She was mm-hmm. like, she did PR. She went out and she, she shook people's hands, and she mm-hmm. got pregnant, and she wields more of like a soft power, right? And I think that's more palatable to people in the long term. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why these cliches have been built up in like the public imagination over yeah. time. <sighs> anyway, Max's uh, whole thing. Maxie, 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 Maxie. I think it's about time you head on over to uh uh Mexico. Yeah, you need to you need to get out of town. Um, and, you know, maybe think about doing that whole emperor thing elsewhere. Uh, don't, don't throw him on the people of Mexico. They don't deserve <laughs> this either. <sighs> well, that much is true as well. I was finding him, like, more and more pathetic and sad as the weeks have gone on. Uh-huh. At first I was, like, just angry and annoyed. And now I'm, like, by this episode I was like, this is just sad. Like, this is, the, you're not good at this. Um <laughs> Yeah, he he is looking more and more pathetic as the ep- episodes have gone on. And um, you know, I think rightfully so. It's like, dude, you're you're plotting you're plotting a coup against your brother. He looked really sad when they mentioned that Franz would be taken care of though. I was like, do you actually want to harm Franz? Cuz I think what's happened here is that he's taken all the resentment he has against his mother and the way she stifled his ambitions and then just blamed his older brother for it because he's like, he she chose Franz over him. Um, and instead of blaming Sophie, he's like gone, Franz is the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and I think in that moment where she's saying all of her sons are useless, <laughs> he was sort of like, oh shit, she's the bad guy. 
<laughs> I get it now. <laughs> yes, Maxie. It's instead of trying to control an em- control an empire, he should have just gone to therapy, which doesn't <laughs> exist yet. Um, <laughs> Give it just um, a few more mu- a few more years. Do you think he's going to end up being, like, banished or something? Because they made it look like he was being arrested, but there's, like, a 0% chance he's actually going to be hanged. Um, uh, yeah, no, they're not going to hang him. Um, I think banishment sounds much more along the lines of what uh, Franz is willing to tolerate. Because, you know, um, at this point, I, you know, I have to wonder whether or not uh, Sophie would would be, you know, totally okay with them stringing her her son up um she seems to discard them easy enough but um i i don't think that that uh they would do anything beyond banishment i also wonder about what's going to happen to the rest of the cabinet as well because the Mm -hmm. the guy speaking to was like you don't get it our our necks are on the line Mm -hmm. (laughs) you'll be fine and I was like, but they can't get a whole new cabinet without admitting what's happened. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's going to be it's it's a pretty interesting little predicament that they find themselves in. Um, thank you, Max. Um, <laughs> thank you, Max. Well, at least Max has like highlighted which guys they can trust and which ones they can't. And apparently they can't trust anyone apart from Von Bach. And even then, Von Bach's trying to pimp out his emperor. Uh-huh. So like, yeah. I'm it's not like, even it. Team Von Bach anymore. I'm like, <laughs> get away from him. <laughs> Franz is too precious. Don't don't mess with him. I just don't feel like pimping anyone out against their will is chill. Like, mm-hmm. Just stop it. Um, it's not cool. It's not cool. Mm-mm. Um, I guess the last character, main character, is uh, Leontine slash Ava. Yeah, um, there is some serious uh, story happening with uh, uh, that character. Um, I did not see the push off the balcony happening. <laughs> really? That was like, holy shit, girl! You did what? oh you sweet summer child i was screaming push her i was like push her push her push her and then she pushed her Um, (laughs) the whole time i was like i was like that's this is where i admit i'm a murderer but that's what i would have done in that situation (laughs) because you're absolutely fucked this oh, is yeah. literally the only way you get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. And she just happened to be standing next to a very high balcony. I was just <laughs> like, this is the only solution. <laughs> it's like, oh, the heavens. Okay, maybe not the heavens are, are opening up. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, boy, you're, the path forward is being laid so splendidly for you. Here, the just sh- a little The nudge. shot of them, like, running around... <laughs> <laughs> running down the corridors of the palace like chasing each other and yelling was really funny because I was like nobody's seeing this <laughs> it's like this 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 kind of commotion would draw some attention people where is everyone as well <laughs> well they're probably all watching Elizabeth at the window or something but... <laughs> oh um, gosh but just generally I just want to say like when this uh, plot first started in episode one i was like what is this bullshit yeah. about the revolution but it's really been so fun i really enjoyed yeah. it and it's really added 
like an important layer to the show and mm-hmm. as it, like it's reminding everyone that there is a world outside of the court yeah i love the ava character mm-hmm. even though she is a fucking murderer <laughs> she was like i'm not a murderer as soon as she said she wasn't a murderer yes you are she said it i was like oh she's gonna murder someone uh-huh. this episode. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, that 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 was a tell if there ever was one. I'm not a murderer. Just you wait, Henry Higgins. Um, <laughs> but you, I mean, you could argue she also murdered Egon because she set that up. Um, yeah, that was that was cold. I mean, the <laughs> irony of her saying she's not a murderer as she is setting him up to be murdered. <laughs> Oh, oh my it, gosh that's the thing with the show like it will make you like people but then they do something and you're like oh you're a bad person <laughs> it's like yeah wait what oh and no that's how i feel about like too. literally all of these characters like <laughs> there are obviously different gradients of bad but you know this is pretty this is this is she killed two people in an episode <laughs> yeah i you know i think um you know, it's it is one of the draws of this program that you know we get these characters that are multi-dimensional. Um, yeah. You know, within a, within six episodes, you know, oh, the, no. you see I'm so attached to them. <laughs> yeah, you you see just how complex they are, um, and you know, you find yourself rooting for them. Um, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, uh, like that's my emotional support, friends. <laughs> you will not hurt him. <laughs> Don't you harm a hair on his little chin. But you can maybe no. You can maybe take the mustache. As we yeah, the, the, that thing. That thing has not grown on me. I I will say that. Mm-mm. I do appreciate when they're like, we're gonna give you an awkward period drama facial hair because like when people are clean shaven i'm always like that doesn't that's that doesn't work that doesn't feel real you know and so he says oh i want a i want a pencil mustache the fact that he's almost pulling it off and literally only almost is <laughs> almost just a ha- yeah almost um that shows you how handsome he is okay he is a very handsome man motherhood is one of the themes i think we saw in this episode at play mm-hmm. obvious like that's so obvious i'm sorry how cliche that is um there's sort of a a lot of emphasis around sophie as a mother this episode mm-hmm. and as we've spoken about in the past motherhood especially for an empress was a way to garner power and influence mm-hmm. when you were a woman it was one of the only ways you could um and it was the only way that women could really have legacies mm-hmm. that were sort of politically minded as well, because they didn't get to make decisions about so much. And I think we really see that in that final scene, because mm-hmm. Elizabeth's own sort of private joy of her pregnancy is then she then wields it to garner loyalty and respect from her subjects at a moment where they might kill her husband. Um <laughs> Yeah. So she's sort of using it, her baby, who is like maybe like a couple of weeks old already to gain political power. Um, And if you think that Sophie previously did something similar with her own children, 
Um, there's also like this sense that children are just pawns, you know, mm-hmm. and these children. They're not really individuals, not even to Elizabeth, because she's not thinking about, like, oh, what's best for my child? She's just like, you bitches, mm-hmm. I'm going to use this to get power. Yeah. <sighs> Which is making me sad as I say it out loud. I'm like, that poor child. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Not even born and already mm. being and- wielded as a status symbol. you got to love it. Yeah. Um, oh, oh. Hmm? Leontine slash Ava must be a mother as well, if you think about it. Because she's a nursemaid. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. She's got to have given birth. I wonder what happened to her child. Oh, something mm. tragic. Something prob- must, must be. Season two flashback, maybe? Question mark. Please, tragic please. Loss, <laughs> tragic loss of a child that has led her to become revolutionary. Ooh, oh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. I want this show season two right now. And I suggest that. We do the podcast whenever this starts running on Netflix. That's when we should do it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. I can't believe we waited (laughs) two months. We only waited. It aired at the end of, well, it didn't air, but, you know, it was like uploaded at like the end of October. So we waited a month. It's not too bad. It's just not not bad. But um, we still waited a month longer than we had to. That mm-hmm. was bad of us. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we'll, we will stop whatever it is we're doing to uh, do this. Of course, now that I've said that, I'm going to wind up regretting it. I just <laughs> Be like I just midway know. through something yeah. important. Yeah, midway uh, through Sanditon, it's like, <laughs> no. No, because Sanditon is in March. So okay. that will be done really Really close. That yeah. is really close. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, we got distracted again. It's like three um, and a half months. <laughs> Nothing. Um, okay. And also, uh, like, as we spoke earlier, um, Elizabeth's father was like, you need to find a meaningful path for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, there was that scene where Elizabeth's on her horse trying to find a path, and then in yes. the end she found whatever. Yes. That was obviously a theme. Mm-hmm. But I also noticed um, the reappearance of the straw doll. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> the shit I was spewing earlier kind of, <laughs> kind of came back full circle. And yes, it did. You know, lean teen lighting. <laughs> the rebirth. <laughs> imagery was back and the symbol of hope and fertility and i was Mm -hmm. like oh my god what if sometimes i say things and they're actually correct everything (laughs) you're psychic i just i i just look i just like that the show drops these little breadcrumbs like this well i think that was in episode two and then we're on episode six and it's like yeah bitch we're bringing this back. We're bringing it back symbolically. Um. Well, it's kind of like um, She Who Must Not Be Named and the Potter series, you know, when you've got references to Horcruxes, which you don't find out about until, you know, book six. Um, you've got references uh, to them in the second book. It's like there's all these little breadcrumbs all through that series. Um and, you know, as you're reading through it, you find yourself going, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, but then when I was reading through it after I had read it the first time, I was like, why doesn't, why don't they just like sit Harry down and explain what a Horcrux is? Oh, it would be too much for him as a little kid. I know, but like maybe some sometime before Dumbledore dies would have been helpful. Yeah. And why are yeah. we talking about this? I don't know. I, but, yeah, okay. You know. Scratch that. Sorry. Back to <laughs> the Empress. <laughs> Which is less transphobic, at least, because it has Ludwig in yes. the dress. <laughs> yes. And we bring it full circle. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Connections. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Well, what were some of your favorite scenes? I know we've mentioned a couple of them, but is there... My my absolute favorite was definitely the scene between Sophie and Elizabeth in the church because the acting was just out of this world exceptional. And it it was a really, like, quiet moment, but really intense. Uh Um, It was freaking beautiful. Um, I mean, the, the costumes, and I know we're, we're going to talk about costumes in just a second, but the costumes that were chosen for this episode were incredible. And the dress that Sophie is wearing with, you know, the, what looked like, um, waterfalls of silk, Mm. uh, you know, when she sat down, she looked like she was the 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 stamen in the middle of a beautiful flower um yeah yeah, i mean it was it was incredible that was such an incredible scene um i think i think one of my favorite scenes was uh the the scene where sophie gives max the dressing down that he so desperately needed to hear um whether he takes it to heart is another thing um but yeah, Looked I thought like it. he was crushed. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd first gotten like his lip busted open by his brother Franz, who, you know, almost decked him um, with the blow to his face. And then, you know, the next time we see him, you know, we see Max with this great big raspberry well, on the side of yeah. his lips. That was satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> Only to be told, yeah, you know, you not leadership material. Mm-mm. <laughs> They've been trying to tell him all mm-hmm. season. Yeah, they really have. <laughs> you know, Max asking him, you know, uh, not Max, uh, Franz asking him, you know, are you sure you want to come to court? And are you sure about that? <laughs> I loved the moment where he, where Franz realizes that he's trying to stage a coup, and his response is to just laugh. He's like, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was such a sick burn." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> there were some really great, great scenes in this episode. Do you have any uh, uh, least favorite scenes? The the theme that that broke my heart. Um, Oddly enough, the scene with Matron's wig, yeah, um, oh, and Matron. and its dismissal. You know, it was like, oh my god, woman, get up off the floor! Just get up off the floor. This is not helping your situation one bit. Um, it's sad. That was because <laughs> if anything, you should know that Sophie to- doesn't tolerate weakness. Period, and. You fleeing yourself on the floor 
not doesn't get too much better for a weakness um uh portrayal than someone prostrating themselves on the floor and grabbing at your ankles but i think like what's made it sadder is that she's not doing that out of like respect for her Uh -uh. it's done out of love because i think like she like loves this woman that she served and it's just Uh sadder it's like a breakup where (laughs) like she's moved sophie's moved on but matron is still like please love me again yes it's just made like so so depressing it's just like oh and you kind of can't blame she's obviously you can't blame her because she's obviously dedicated her whole life to sophie like Mm -hmm. and now it's being yanked away from her oh it's sad i felt bad for matron even though she's clearly a psychopath as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah she is uh cuckoo for cocoa puffs then again like again sophie made her that way yeah sophie (laughs) is so powerful she (laughs) sophie's at the root of all evil (laughs) yeah but who made sophie evil that is why we need a backstory (laughs) yeah true that my least favorite scene was when amalia got pushed over the edge there was way too much blood pooling out of her i was like that's that's sending me because now I'm starting to think about like blunt trauma impact onto the head and like how much blood would be involved. And I don't want to <laughs> think about that. <laughs> but it was like, because what they did was they, they'd CGI'd it like moving yeah. out of her body. And I was just like, that's, don't, just don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But uh, yeah, I I was really surprised when that happened, um, and I probably shouldn't have been. No, no, because <laughs> they were standing up next to a very high object. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason that wasn't done in a room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, favorite costumes and locations. Uh well, I I've already mentioned one of mine the the scene with Sophie in the church um having her conversation uh I thought that was incredibly beautiful the scene or the the costume that she was wearing when she went horseback riding yeah I thought that was pretty that was pretty cool she's just out there and like the the, the skirts were flowing and flapping like birds wings Hmm. Flapping and carrying on. Mm-hmm. Not the most practical horse riding outfit, though. <laughs> yeah, this show knows how to beat a metaphor to death. I will say that. I love that for us, though. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked her outfit when she's gone full empress. Um, yeah, it was probably the most like regal looking dress that she's worn all season mm-hmm. and i thought it was interesting that she's put that she's leaving for home and she's been in this casual dress all episode and then she puts on this big puffy imperial looking dress mm-hmm. and i'm like <laughs> that's the outfit you choose to leave in i don't think she really subconsciously <laughs> subconsciously i think she knew she wasn't leaving yeah because there's no way you've seen her traveling outfits before mm-hmm. um it was definitely like a display. 
of empressness. Um, Display of empressness. I love it. Her gloves and everything. Like, it was just like she was on show. Um, one thing that I noticed um, was that Max, mm-hmm. you think about the way he was dressing when he was first introduced in the first episode. It was quite like a flamboyant sort mm-hmm. of party boy outfit. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed... This episode, he was wearing, like, this naval version of Franz's outfit. Like, he was cosplaying being emperor. He was like, (laughs) what it would be like to be conservative. Yes. And I really noticed this in the scene where he was fighting Franz. Franz spent most of, like, well, a lot of the episode in, like, his casual white shirt and, like, raging around the episode, (laughs) looking Mm -hmm. distressed. And then he puts on his little uniform right after he's had this confrontation with his brother and he's like basically putting on his little outfit on like um elizabeth is like now we are empire (laughs) (laughs) they're both everyone's just like putting on a little show of who can be the emperor it's really quite silly (laughs) when you think about it it's like oh you have to put on your little uh, outfit on and then you have power okay (laughs) Okay, now I get it. Interesting idea. Well done. Uh, They really do. But I I just like the way that the costuming sort of reflects where they are psychologically, especially. Mm -hmm. It all feeds in and everything is important. I love that. Oh, um, performer of the episode. Um, Sophie? Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. I mean, everybody was awesome, but... Sophie was next level. That scene, like I said, that my favorite scene where she's explaining to Elizabeth about holding her daughter while she was dying. Mm-hmm. That was just sensational acting. Yes. Um, and really moved me. And I think it really grounded some of the later Disney villain stuff she does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she really sashays out of rooms in this episode. And I love that oh. for her. She but does. She's fantastic. It's, it's like such a well-rounded performance and she creates like this person that you can believe in that is both like performatively evil and also suffering inside. So mm-hmm. amazing, amazing. Yeah. Just uh tour de force acting and she she really took it this episode for me. How many birds? Oh, five. <laughs> We're going five, right? Of course. I mean, this this was this was about as good as television can get. Like, so impressed with this whole mm-hmm. show, and I wish more people would watch it. But what can you do? Yeah. Um, except you know, just say you know, just embrace the subtitles. It's okay. Please hit the Everyone, pause. I I know, like, 50% of the people said that they were watching it with dubs on a, <laughs> on the poll that I did. But yes. I'm telling you guys, please, it's so much better. It's yeah, so much better. Give, give one episode a try. Um, and, you know, I, I think you'll be convinced. I still have to laugh every time Max speaks, you know, with his, <laughs> his voice. This is way up here. It's like, oh, my, oh my God, slow Slow down, man. Um, the the one the guy that they got to do his uh, dubbing was much more chill. 
And that's why it was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I admit it. I agree. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh, Now everything is right with the world. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's go into inbox. Yes. We got a bunch of emails this week. So thank you very much, uh, everybody, for, uh, for sending in your thoughts. This is from Juliana. This episode is interesting in terms of parallels, namely Elizabeth and Max. He thinks because he breaks rules that he stands apart, a man of the people as it were. And he thinks that's what Elizabeth wants. Throughout the season, he's tried to cast himself in that part, but mostly, especially here. What happens, though, is that she starts to become in reality through her interactions with the actual people not just the moody rich, what he imagined, he imagines he already is. Their interactions are always fascinating, and they're individually great with Franz. Hope we get more next season. Uh, I, yes, ma'am. Uh, definitely hope we get more of that this season. And I do uh, find it interesting that um, Max is claiming to be the most popular one, and that like we've literally never seen him interact with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Lower class. Oh, God. Max, you delusional, delusional boy. (laughs) Email said, Hi, Rita and Michelle. I'm sorry, but was anyone else just feeling anxious during the entire episode? (laughs) (laughs) I'm raising my hand. You can't see me, but I'm raising my hand. Sophie's on the warpath, taking anyone and everyone down. Firstly, Matron Nastasi, she has failed with keeping Elizabeth under control and facilitating her getting pregnant. And apparently all the people gathering at the gate are her fault too. Yeah. <laughs> I think Matron will be rereading her job description next time. Uh-huh. She is to be punished by being removed from court and Sophie's side and sent away with Elizabeth. The horror of it. <laughs> Not by him. <laughs> then Elizabeth is in Sophie's sight. She tells her she is a failure, also highlighted by her father's letter to her, and is distracting France. She isn't the shimmering light that they want or try to mould. Just a drunk party girl. Oh, damn. <laughs> Accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, she must go. Forever banished back to Bayern. What will become of her? Oh, the most delicious is Sophie's takedown of Maxie. (laughs) After he has the gall to suggest he would be a better leader than his brother, she just spits venom at him. (laughs) He would be hopeless as emperor. In fact, none of her sons are suitable to be emperor. Poor Litzy in the background. And she will not allow him, them, to destroy everything she has built. By the way, Maxie, is that a cold sort of (laughs) thing on your lip? (laughs) Must be all stressed. And by the way, in case he didn't listen in church, thou shalt not covet your brother's wife. Yeah. Many exclamation marks. After all, there are only ten commandments to follow. Really, the Archbishop was right. <laughs> what does he stand for? <laughs> Christianity, that's for sure. Pretty sure Sophie's thinking the phrase, never send a man to do a woman's job uh-huh. at the moment. Yep. Sadly, nothing is really improving for our emperor and empress. Both seem to be failing at their roles. Franz is still obviously besotted with his wife, but finding it more difficult to love her. But he's trying. Horse gift. <laughs> Even as his mother continues to diss Elizabeth, 
But the last story is when Max confronts him about his takeover plans, which Franz shuts down. But then Max really cuts him when he suggests Elizabeth is now his. <laughs> Liar! Liar! <laughs> Elizabeth is just losing her self-respect and getting deeper and deeper into self-loathing. But there's one little glimmer of hope. A baby. But in her stubbornness and argument with Franz, she doesn't tell him. She decides to send this message through the people <laughs> gathered at the gate. Can't wait to see how this goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. POV. Sophie's blue ruffled dress and Elizabeth's gown she wears when leaving the palace. Stunning. Mm-hmm. The yeah. show must win awards for costume. Oh, and the music's fantastic too. Bring on season two. Although I hope the stress levels go down a bit. <laughs> Ciao, Maria. Thanks, Thanks Maria. Maria. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. Dearest podcasters, when I watched this for the first time, I was so shocked when it ended. It seemed like there should have been more. It definitely left me wanting more, and at the time, I didn't know there was going to be a second season. It seems like there are, were a lot of loose ends and unresolved storylines. Maybe that is why my overall feeling of the series was not as positive as it is now. I felt unfulfilled or unsatisfied, but now that I know there is a second season, I liked it much better. As I watched this episode the second time with German audio and English subtitles, good suggestion, you guys. See? Right. See? Was it a suggestion or did I bully everyone? Was it? (laughs) (laughs) I was surprised how much didn't happen in this episode. It seems like they dragged out the ending. Elizabeth leaves at what seems like halfway through. It yeah, just takes forever true. for her to get out of the gate. The weird thing about this. She's there this, for like 20 minutes. Yeah. The weird thing about this is that the whole episode, everyone is looking out the window and seeing all these people at the gate. Then when Elizabeth and then Franz goes out there, it takes forever. And there seem to be two gates. How could they see people from the palace castle? Question mark. The geography is weird. Don't yeah. think about the geography. Yeah. Never think about the geography. Uh, you, of course, are one to talk, Miss. This doesn't look anything like Sophie. Yeah, anyway. Sanditon makes no sense, though. Sanditon <laughs> is more than a gate. It's like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of gates, uh, the email continues. Doesn't Leontine tell her boyfriend to go through a different gate that is not guarded? Huh? Why would they have a way to get into the palace that is not guarded? It also she seems, never says that, technically. Yeah. It also seems that every time Leontine goes to meet him, she just goes through the woods anyway. Like, doesn't he know where the where a place... Doesn't he know there is a place where she gets out that is not guarded? Also, if you're going to kill Franz to start a revolution, wouldn't you really need to go... Uh, wouldn't you really need to kill Max, too? And possibly the cute littlest brother? Yeah. Wouldn't you send more than one guy to do the killing? I hope Rita can explain this plot line to me. I do enjoy watching Leontine and actually ship her with the accountant guy, but she she seems to be on very shaky ground for next season. Um, He's obviously getting in by pretending he's a servant all the time. And you would think, like, a palace that size it would need to be staffed by quite a lot of people and they would have deliveries for food and things i think it would be quite easy to fake your way in because mm-hmm. it's not like people have id cards you know <laughs> you can just be like yeah i'm a baker um <laughs> and then just sneak out. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um 
But obviously, the plan to just kill Franz and start a revolution is stupid. <laughs> like, I do not disagree. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, my favorite scene was Sophie squashing Maxie, Maxie and his treasony plan like a bug. Yes. <laughs> yes. Here's another question for you. Why did anyone go along with it? Were the, were the minions afraid of him or just stupid? Stupid. Stupid. My vote would be stupid, yeah. Yeah. Nobody's afraid of Max. Have you seen him? <laughs> Can't wait to hear your thoughts about the episode and the season overall. And of course, what song you will put at the end. Your faithful listener, Carol from Connecticut. Thank God, you. Carol. Thank you, Carol. <laughs> um, last email? Is this the last? This is the last email. this is the last one. Okay. Dear Michelle and Rita, I'd like to share some thoughts regarding the Empress as a Hungarian person who grew up watching the fairy tale version of Sissy with Romy Schneider every Christmas. Despite the fact that since about the 18th century, Hungarian history consists of nothing else but uprisings against the Habsburg dynasty, <laughs> Sissy is still quite popular even today. According to pop culture, she was accepted as Queen of Hungarians because she was sympathetic to the oppressed position of Hungary and supported the Hungarian nobility to reach some kind of autonomy in the Austrian Empire. She liked to spend time in Hungary. Several places places claim today they were her residences. She learned the language a bit and supposedly even had an affair with a Viscount after her life at court became unbearable. Though originally she was in love with Franz Joseph, potential spoilers, the marriage slowly deteriorated as Sophie made her life hell. For example, she did not let Elizabeth spend time with her own children and Franz did not stand up to Sophie. Elizabeth tried to escape the strict court, travelled a lot, and turned to extreme beauty and weight loss practices to somehow survive. I'm writing this without any serious research, and it's just what I remember from some places I've visited or women's magazines which write about her regularly. (laughs) So in my head, Elizabeth is a tragic heroine. Sophie's the devil and Franz a mummy's boy who could not stand up to Sophie. At first I did not even want to watch this series because I did not want to see another fairy tale or a very depressing story of how the strict rules of the court ruined some lives but I changed my mind when I saw on Instagram that you would review this show I decided to give it a chance. Winky Hmm, emoji. Thank you very much. I've watched it only till episode three yet And on one hand, I enjoyed it a lot. The actors, the scenery, the locations, the costumes, the language. On the other hand, I cannot stop screaming, this is not going to end well. So I find it quite frustrating. That is always going on in the back of my head, by the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Seeing Sophie and Franz more human is quite fun. Franz is absolutely adorable when on the wedding night he lays down on the floor. I almost wept. (laughs) He's just so sweet. (laughs) Elizabeth is great, but it's so heartbreaking. It's hard to watch. Just the day before the wedding, it was crazy that Franz was going on normally about his day, which was no doubt very challenging politically, but at the same time, Elizabeth was literally being tortured. Yes. There's no love that would survive that. (laughs) Also, I'm feeling slightly offended. (laughs) crying emoji (laughs) or laugh cry emoji it's really hard to tell hungary was not even mentioned so far (laughs) yeah i know compared to russia or france hungary is insignificant but in hungarian history the 1848 uprising and war for freedom against austria is one of the major events it also explains the next scar and why austria needed russian support when france became the emperor 
Oh, well, you're only on episode three, so you're going to enjoy four and five. <laughs> they do get into that a bit. Yeah. Um, overall, I'm glad to watch this, even though I'm afraid of a terrible ending. <laughs> but I know with the help of your podcast, it will be easier to process it. Um, winky emoji. Thank you for all your work. It's always a pleasure to listen to you during my walks or in the car, waiting for my kids after their various trainings. I wish you wonderful holidays, kind regards, and this is Vicky from Switzerland. I'm Hungarian, but I live in Switzerland for 10 plus years. <laughs> oh. oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Vicky. It's really interesting to have insight from somebody who like grew up mm-hmm. with the myth that we keep talking about, but it's very strange because it's sort of like um, secondhand mythology mm-hmm. to me because i'm like i did not know about this bitch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh uh, gosh well gang that's all from us this time uh we're going to be taking a little break over the holidays but we will be back in the new year with a book club podcast where we will discuss the novel the novelization of the empress series by Gigi Griffiths. We hope that you can join us, and if you have opinions on the book and would like them to be read out in our inbox section, then please email us at inthebooksnetwork at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at inthebooks. Please remember to rate and review and share the podcast with your friends. We're kind of all over the place these days, so, um, (laughs) you know, if your your, um, platform is Apple, if it's... Uh, Spotify, if it's YouTube, because we 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 on YouTube now, um, uh, and I know there's a whole bunch of other ones. Um, you know, please. I use Pocket Casts. <laughs> um, please uh, share these with your friends, and uh, so that we can see the podcast reach more uh, folks out there. We know you're out there. We'll find you. <laughs> You anyhow, escape us. You, you cannot. Uh, anyhow, um, best wishes to you and yours um, this holiday season. For those of you that um, find the holidays to be um, a little difficult because of life circumstances or the, the remembering the people that you've lost, um, uh, our hearts are with you. Um, Listen to our podcasts. They yeah, will you'll, you. yeah, you'll you'll laugh like crazy because you know we're we are just a couple of geeky gals who <laughs> watch the night before Christmas with us. It's oh. honestly one of the weirdest times we've ever, we've ever yes. had in a podcast. Yes, yes. Uh. Uh, anyhow, uh, you all take care. Happy holidays, and uh, we'll see you in the new year. Bye. Bye.
Cause it's good for my voice But you won't fool The children of my brain 